0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of GAA Old School where we meet former greats of the GAA and I'm delighted this afternoon that we're joined by Mickey Graham, a former Cavan legend, we'll call him. Cavan man, current St. Columbus Mullanyocta manager. And we're here in the lovely Meadowview in in Cavan. And I have to say the food here is brilliant. And obviously they must be doing something right because they're one of the sponsors of the Cavan team. They feed them well and they're in Crow Park. But before we start off, um, on a sad note, we just mentioned the passing of former Tip Ladies footballer, Rachel Keneally. And the GEA, we're a large family and we're always there for everyone in times of need. So Sports Talk would like to offer their condolences to Rachel's family, friends, teammates and everyone who knew her on the sad passing. So Mickey, perfect timing I suppose as well catching up with you this weekend. Because Cavan are back in the big time, back in Division 1 and they've also got a league final on Sunday to look forward to against Roscommon.
1: Yeah, I um, suppose at the beginning of the league, a lot of people, probably myself included, probably thought it was going to be a tough ask for them to get promoted out of Division 2. The McKenna Cup uh, didn't go as well for them as, as as they were hoping. They got a bit of a trimming by Tyrone. But in fairness to them, you know, since the league started, they went down and grinded out a draw against Clare down in Ennis, which a lot of people thought that wouldn't wasn't going to be possible. Mm. And that kind of kick started them and they haven't looked back since that game. you know, They've got some great results, uh, especially in games where the, thing, the tide looked to be going against them but you know um, they've obviously knuckled down put a bit of hard work in over the winter and you know they'll deservely be looking forward to the league final against Roscommon now on Sunday
0: and it's an absolutely fantastic though relegated last year both themselves on Common, and to bounce back because before we started this interview we had a chat and we were just saying how tight Division 2 is going to be next year
1: yeah. Yeah, look, um, the league is getting very competitive every year now. Years ago, a lot of teams didn't put a lot of emphasis on it now, but since Dublin, I suppose, have been dominating Division One for the last number of years and been able to go on and win all-Irelands, other teams are looking at it now and saying, you know, it's a good way to build confidence and build a platform going into the Championship because after the league, there's about six, seven weeks of of no competitive football, you know, after the league finals. So a lot of teams, especially coming at the end of the last two or three games in the league, like to put out the best team Possible because a lot of lads are back from from their winter break and a lot of the lads are um, starting to get the fitness levels up. So yeah, look at um, I suppose at the beginning of it, you would have fancied come and probably be to come back up. As I said, a lot of people thought Calvin were going to struggle, mm-hmm. but um, they showed that you know their their lads. Playing in Division One last year was no fluke, and they're back there again. And as I said, you know they're looking forward to the game on on Sunday. And Roscommon has kind of been a bogey team for mm. Calvin the last number of years. So I think sooner or later um, we're going to get one over them, and hopefully it's this weekend. You know,
0: when you look at Calvin at the moment, and you look at the period that they had with the under twenty ones, four Ulster under twenty one titles in a row. That was a fantastic achievement, especially doing that. Are you seeing now those players coming through? You look at Conor Madden. He was one of the stars of the show. He scored the point that got them promoted last Sunday.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of lads that have have come through from them under-21 teams, and then you have a lot of lads that was there before that under-21 success, you know, and I think they're the lads that's holding the thing together and, you know, giving these lads uh, time to find their feet at senior level because it's a big step up from under-21 to senior. It doesn't necessarily mean that just because you have great under-21 success that it's going to transform into senior. It doesn't happen like that. You need to keep working at it and developing these lads, and the game has got so, um, you know, so professional. Now and you know, players are bigger and stronger than they ever were. And it takes a few years for lads coming out of under 21 grade to get develop into you know senior footballers. So, you know, the likes of Shawnee Johnston, Key and Mackey and Garode McKearn and And these lads, you know, have been, you know, holding the fort for the last number of years, for the last 10, 12 years. And these young lads are fitting in around them now. So they just seem to have a nice blend there at the moment. And there is a couple of lads probably that's not on the panel who, for various reasons, couldn't commit for the year. And, you know, if you had everyone on board, it'd be great competitiveness for places on the team. And who knows, you might get one or two back before the senior championship starts in, in May.
0: Looking at Cavan as a football county, you grew up, I grew up but a Cavan mammy, hearing about the old tales and the old legends, and when you look at yourselves, 28 years and then you won it in 1997, and you haven't won an Ulster title since, it's, it's amazing when you think of a, a county like Cavan that um, really haven't been there or haven't got the rewards or players just haven't been able to, to claim silverware.
1: Yeah, look, at. I suppose, you know, in 97, it was kind of came out of the blue as well, because we, we we don't think we'd won a first round of an Ulster Championship for a few years previous to that. I know Mark McHugh came in in 90, 94, and when he came in, he kind of lifted the whole spirits of the thing. There was a lot of lads maybe coming in the twilight of their careers, the Stephen Kings, Fintan Cahills. Ronan and Carlin's, Bernard Morris's, and these lads. Sure you know, only a baby than yourself. we were only young lads. We were only 16, 15, 16 looking up to these lads. And in fairness, when McHugh came along, he 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 um, brought a professional approach to it and changed the whole mindset of the players. And you know, it took three years under his <coughs> watch to get to the top. And you could see every year we were improving, and improving. And as us as under twenty ones, we got to an Ulster final in '95, lost to a replay after. Against Donegal, and then in '96 we went on to the All Ireland Under Twenty One Final. So you know we, that brought a lot of experience and confidence. And when there was an eight or nine, maybe ten of us, when we went on to the senior squad, and you know that really lifted the whole lads that were already there. And, at that stage, it was just that we had a lovely blend, a mix of youth and experience. And I suppose what we had in those days was a bit of power in the right positions. And then we had a lot of uh, pace up front. We had a lot of good forwards, and not just the starting 15, but you had lads come off the bench with equally as good. And I think that's what the secret was, you know.
0: To represent your county, to put on that jersey, it must feel so special. You know, you got the chance to do that in so many t- top games for Cavan.
1: Yeah, look, it, ever since I was a young fella, that was all I ever wanted. Um, my mother tells me when I was you know, nine or ten, that's all I ever said to her, and I didn't make um, under 40 under 16 county squads. I remember that um, I was, I was very disappointing when I didn't make it that time. And it just made me more determined. And I remember that under 16 team went on and won a Gerry Riley tournament after that. And two years later, funny enough, I did make it and I ended up starting. And, you know, there was still 10 or 12 of that Jerry Riley. But it was really from there that I started to started to, you know, gain confidence and get a wee bit stronger and stuff and that's all I ever wanted to do was always play for Calvin and, you know, I was one of the lucky ones that, you know, I tasted success as well because we won Under 21 Ulster title, we won McKenna Cups. We won a couple of National League Division Two, Division Three. Got beaten in Under uh, Division One final against Tyrone, and then we won in '97. So, you know, it was it it was a lot of hard work and determination, but the the rewards were there as well. And you know, great times and great friends. And you know, we had a reunion back there at Christmas time the '97 team, and it was like we were never away. We just all got on so well and had a great night's crack and. We said we'd have to do it a lot sooner again, and that we had another twenty years to do it, you know. But it was it was great that there was everybody was still about. Mm. We had lost nobody from then, you know, which is which was good. And as I said, we we had a good bit of banter that night.
0: Because I was actually going to say that would you keep up wi- with some of the lads? And the fact is, a few of them lads have actually gone into management. You look at yourself, Karen Brady, um, Jerry Sheridan had done with the ladies. You also Jason at the moment with the gales. So it's it's nice to see that you've actually progressed as well
1: yeah look at we'd all be still I don't think nobody doesn't get on with anybody mm. from that team we all we, you know we had great memories we had trips away weekends away and we'd always talk about no talk crack, about them with the crack we'd have on them and, and, and that but yeah look at it, um, it's good to see all the other lads doing well some lads just you know lost interest in football and other lads you know are in management at some stage whether it's senior club or underage juveniles you know you can be sure the majority of them are still helping out with it within their own clubs and some of them as I said gone on to manage senior level as well and as i said you know you meet them all the time on the road or you know sometimes you give them a phone call and you know they're always talking about football is always yeah. the first on the agenda so yeah look at it's great to see that as i said they're all healthy and they're all still doing their bit, and hopefully you know it continues
0: as well as calvin you had a great career with your local club calvin gales it was a really successful one as well and you also not only played with them you got the chance to manage them too
1: yeah look at I suppose I remember we used to have the conversation when we were be in with county, <coughs> the county squad training that Kevin Gales, They would never win a senior championship. And for t- it was mid-20s, and it was starting Jeez. to look like that, you know. And I think it was 27 when we won the first one, but I knew there was a bunch of lads coming behind at under-16 and minor level. They were very dedicated and exceptional footballers, you know. And I knew that if them lads took at it, uh, it was only a matter of time before we'd win a championship. And I remember ninety eight one or two of them were starting to fickle through to the senior squad and Mullerhorn beat us and then we got beaten in the 2000 final by Gowna quite comprehensively then in 2001 we won our first one It's mad
0: to see though you mentioned Gowna and Mullerhorn and they were very much the kingpins of Cavan football my mum's a Mullerhorn woman so I would have went there and look at in recent years how the it's amazing how football goes
1: It is, look at it's like everything else <clears throat> you, you get your spell and you get your golden period Every club does It doesn't last forever you know. uh, Sometimes an exceptional bunch of players come along In every single club And when they do, you have to make the most of it And as I said, at 27 I was coming to the twilight of my career I was probably the oldest bar, James and I think it was, I was the second oldest He was 29 And the rest of them, I remember the first championship in 2001 We had, I think it was 11 under 21 on the team, so there was only four of us over 21, so, you know, we were lucky that um, them young lads pushed on and as the years went by, they got stronger and better, and I suppose we were probably, you know, the downfall of our own success then for for a year or two there, because them lads were so young, it was harder for the other lads to walk their way into the squad, because you know, we were winning five, six championships and them lads were only 25, 26 and the younger lads were getting it hard to get in and we definitely lost a few footballers in those years. But, yeah, look, at to go on and say that you were going to win 10 championships since 2001, you you wouldn't have believed it, but yeah, we were lucky to do that and, you know, it's it's great for the club and, you know, I still think there's a couple of more championships there left in them.
0: At the moment, you're managing Columbus, Act and Longford and you managed Glengish, but you were also with your own club, Gales. How does it differ? I suppose there probably is different pressure in its own way, the fact that it's your own club, you know the people, you know um, everyone's looking at you to try and have success.
1: Yeah, I suppose the year I took over Cavan Gales, the year I was getting married, there was a lot going on. <laughs> I, I hadn't planned to go in, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. They came and I said, look, it suited me, it was beside me. Um, I didn't really put a lot of thought into it, to be honest with you. And I suppose when I look back now, I probably rushed into it where I should have maybe give it another year or two because um, I wasn't fully focused on it and then the Gales were kind of going through a wee bit of transition as well and I knew a lot of the lads that were playing I played with most of them Mm -hmm. so um, and then we lost Shawnee down to the Kildare thing as well he and you know he was a big loss to it and then one or two other lads were injured and couldn't commit so it was kind of a year that was lost within the club as well so yeah, look at, he uh, learned from these things and I definitely learned from it anyway, so I did. And, you know, who knows, maybe down the line we look at it again. But I find that when you play with lads and then I had brothers that are come and yeah. involved and then I had cousins. So it's very hard to crack the whip at times as well, you know. So maybe you're as well away and let them find their own feet, you know.
0: Didn't have to travel too far. You were with Clangish and we talked more, more recently um, St. Columbus, Malignata. um a couple of years ago no one had heard about them. They were half parish, the other half in Gowna, County Cavan. you know, different province. There was these bunch of lads though, young bunch of lads, Aidan McGallaghan, David McGivneys, Rhian Brady, coming through that had success at Canuckwara. They got to a county final back in 2014. You took them over and you got them a title, first time in 66 years, Mickey, in your first year. I'd say that feeling must have just, even though you've you had success at other, levels with the cavern and gales and that. There must have been some feeling though.
1: Yeah, I suppose, it's funny how it transpired, you know, I was over, I remember being asked to take Clongish back in 2010 for a training session, that had no manager at the time, and uh, I went over and talked to them for a training session, and that led into two years, you know, being over there, and then I, I took a break, because I was getting married, and then we club, and then I went back for another two years, and I have to say, I had enjoyed those years thoroughly in Clongish beforehand, I got a taste of Longford football there, Um Got to know it very well. Got to know um, a lot of players within within the county. Mm. And what i seen was a very competitive championship. And I believe that on any day, any team could win that championship. And that appealed to me. Yeah. And I believe that Clongish weren't far away or still are mm. far away. And to be honest with you, when I left them, I had planned uh, to stay away for a while. I was going to get involved with underage club uh, in the club and coaching underage. And then Moolignac, they came you calling. You can't stay away. Uh, <laughs> and Moulignac, they came calling. And it was a call out of the blue, to be honest with you. It was late enough. It was late November. And John Keegan came to me and he was very persuasive to get me to go to them. And, you know... And when I sat down and looked at the players that was there, I wouldn't have known the younger lads mm. as well because um, I wouldn't have seen much of them, but yeah. I would have known the lads. You know, the s- lads who were involved with the seniors and under 21. So I knew there was a nucleus there of a good team. And I believe that, you know, if you get the attitude right and get the lads, f- you know, playing to where what you wanted, mm. the way you wanted them to play, that there was no reason why they couldn't be knocking on the door. And we were just, you know, the first year to go in and win a senior championship. You know, you need a bit of luck along the way. We got it. We had an injury along the way. We got the rub of the green a couple of games. But, you know, even the rugby boys will tell you that in the first game against France. France. You need a wee bit of rub of the green now and again. I think
0: last year, though, compared to the year before, you got James McGivney scored an absolute peach of a goal last kick of the game against Cologne draw level. And you, you were like a good bit down in that game. Then the last minute free against Clungish. You know, do you believe in something like that that, your name is on a cup, or it's written for you, or something like
1: that. Yeah, some people say that, you know. And then, you know, do some say it's flukes? Yeah, <laughs> you need look at it. Like, definitely look, and never forget, James. I think we were nine points down in that yep. game, and I don't think you know any other team in Longford with nine points down against Colo nope. could have turned that around, you know. And I remember going in a half time saying, "What, what, <laughs> what, what are we <laughs> going to do? You said, really? <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do?" I said, "How are we going to turn this around?" You know. And before I went into the lads, I just said, "Look at." There's still 30 minutes football. I says, "Hang in there, Paddy." Rogers saved a penalty that yeah. day. If that had it went in, we were bet. But when James McGivney got that ball, I knew where he was going. I just could see what he had in his mm. mind, and you know, what a wonder goal! I don't think I've ever seen a goal as good, no. and I don't think it'll be a long time before see so yes, yeah, one yeah. like yeah. it. You know, and yeah, we had a bit of luck against Clongish as well. Um, you know, a young man like uh, Jason Matthews kicking a free under that pressure, last kick of the game. And you just wonder then after those, you know, maybe this is our year again, you know, but then you have to put it down, maybe these boys are resilient and they don't know when they're beaten and, you know, they just keep battling right to the end. And as I said, we were lucky in those two occasions and we were lucky against Dromard as well. Earlier on the group stages, we got a one-point win, we could have been beaten. But um, a lot of it comes down to to just willpower and determination and never-say-die attitude as well, along with a bit of luck too, which you need every game.
0: It was a real fairy tale in your first uh, Leinster Championship with uh, Mullinyachta, got St Vincent's from Dublin down in Longford. Even people were kind of laughing at my dad when he was like, is that all the support they had? And Daddy goes, yeah, the majority of them are playing because Mullinyachta, everyone from Mullinyachta goes to a game, but it's only like over 400 people in the parish.
1: Yeah, look, it, um, <clears throat> I suppose after winning a first championship in, in 66 years, it had been very easy for the lads to say, look, we're mm. happy enough now, go out and celebrate. But, you know, they made a decision after that that they wanted to give it a go. They they, they said themselves, they never know when they're going to get an opportunity like this again. So, And I said it to them, you know, in years to come, you'll regret if you didn't give it a go. And in fairness to them, they gave it a right go. And I suppose what's been our Achilles heel the last two years in the Leinster Club Championship was that you know where other teams can bring on quality players in in the last 10 minutes maybe our small panel we just weren't able to do that you know they can bring in some lads that played into county football at some stage of their careers maybe under 21 minor senior and i felt that you know our lads were tired on those games did I learn from them hugely? You know, I learned that you know when you get to that level and play at that intensity, it's very hard for to keep the same fifteen boys on the on the, on the field. You're going to have to make changes. And as I said, I thought that the last two Leinster campaigns, that's what was done doing with us against Lomans. They brought in four lads. Yeah. I think they made a huge difference last year. Uh, we could have brought in one or two a wee bit earlier. Um, we realised that now and. As I said, they were able to bring in good quality players that played at some level at, all, at the county. But look at as I said, it's a learning process for everybody involved, management and the players. And, you know, as I said, it's been a great experience for the club that never witnessed anything like that before and they still talk about it to this day, you know.
0: Listen, last year, clean sweep, League, Leader Cup and the Championship. Also, June 2016 was the last time you were beaten in Longford in a in a, in a match as well. But you mentioned injuries. And that's something that you've had to be able to, to watch for. Particularly when you have a small panel, and you have been very lucky with no major injuries. And I hope to God I'm not jinxing you in this. How do you do that? How do you manage that?
1: And be honest with you, a, a lot of it comes down to recovery, and you know um being sensible we didn't start back the last two years until february or March basically then the february beginning of march we 're only back training t- three weeks now as well and um, also when the county lads come back we don 't give them the same training programme as as we were in you know they've been on a different programme so we did you know do a lighter training Mm -hmm. session than the rest of us after games instead of maybe training tough on a Tuesday or Wednesday night we'd do a recovery session and a bit of a chat and a bit of a light kick around and make sure that the bodies are recovering properly because you're not going to get much fitter between a game on a Sunday and the following week so recovery and rest uh, is, is hugely important and plus When we first arrived there, we went into a strength and conditioning program, and we continued it from day one right till the last league game. We would have done that session from the summer on once or twice a week, and the lads bought into that, and the younger lads especially, and even now this year you can see where they've come on so much and since since we first arrived their condition is a lot better you know their powers much it's, it's, they're a lot stronger than the were when we first arrived so they can see the results and once you see results you'll 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 keep doing it and you know we're lucky enough in that way but look at as i said it could be down to luck as well so we'll not just say it's all down to, to conditioning but look at the game it's, it's not like years ago. Do you have a
0: horseshoe in your pocket?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 of a rabbit's tail. <laughs> but um, it's not down. It's it, player. It's not like it was years ago. Players come back to training now and good enough, Nick. When I was playing five, ten years ago, you'd have your normal club player coming in, totally out of shape. Done. Food you eat? Yeah, food you yeah. eat, but drinking pints over the Christmas you know saying I'll go back and get fit in six weeks but lads now are looking they're more educated yeah. now they know how to look after themselves they know what foods they be eating and nowadays they going by my young, young lad it's all about image you know they want to all look well and and these. a
0: lot of the boys in Mullignac to like their image
1: <laughs> yeah. trust me it's everywhere <laughs> I talk to, to managers in other clubs they'll tell you the exact same thing that they're all into their image they're all into their health now which is great to see you know and as I said They'll come to training now, fit to the train, they don't come to training and get fit mm. to play, you know. They're coming in reasonably good shape. And you don't have to do an awful lot to get them up and running. And that's why I've seen and I know talking to Jason McCavin Gales, he's the same. He says like it doesn't take an awful lot to get them up to speed and that's why we started back late and I know a number of clubs have done that too.
0: You mentioned the county lads. and um, last Sunday a lot of your players had a game against Fermanagh at Longford you have a league game your first league game is on Monday against your former club Clingish and then it's the month of April for the club um, are you looking forward to that do you think that was a good idea in um, Longford there's never really been too much of a problem though with fixtures in the county so but you're going to have a load of games in the league is it something that you welcome that month of April is your month with the club
1: yeah, I think it is definitely, and I think the players welcome it too. Because talking to a number of the lads that are involved with Longford, they were they were glad to get back to the lads. You know, it's a break. It's, I was
0: to say, it's a break. It's
1: yeah. it's a break away from the high intensity training and that cauldron that they've been mm. in since the league started. And you could see them coming back. There's a smile. The crack is good, and the lads then in the club love to see them back as well because it generates a bit of excitement yeah. and increases the numbers as well. And you know, in fairness to Longford. Um, they've allowed the players to come back and play the next five league games which I think is brilliant because especially for the lads maybe that are fringe players that haven't got much football during that league campaign you know to go out and prove a point in in, in the league you know and it's important that us as managers of them clubs that we don't flog them lads either as well that if they're in with Longford once a week that we're minding them too because I know in Cavan I think the, there's five or six games in a row and I think the clubs only had the county players for three games and I think that's causing a wee bit of friction at yeah. the moment within some clubs which you know, April was meant to be for the yeah. clubs and I think that they should have been allowed to go back and play the first five games with the clubs and I, you know I don't know what without agreement
0: without club you won't have a county I always say that you know the club is so important
1: yeah well look at we look at the first five games I know in my heart and soul is going to take us three to four games before we get up and running yeah. properly and you know get the lads back playing as a unit again and then the lads are gone mm-hmm. again so then as I said it's, if we hadn't got those lads for those four or five games you're dependent on the last two or three games to get a team together for championship which, which isn't great preparation because when them lads are gone we get it hard to play challenge matches because we only have the bear 15, 16 so. and then if you had one or two lads away or sick or I- an injury or two you, you, you wouldn't have a team so we basically haven't played a match yet this year or we're playing a first league game without even playing a challenge match So, because we just didn't have the numbers but yeah, look, at, I think it's a good idea if it's implemented implemented in every county but at, at the moment it seems to be only hit and miss in one Kay. or two
0: You t- We talked earlier about y- your record with Mollignacdae um, also, the way the players, and I'm lucky enough to have seen you know, yourself and the players, there's a respect for the players for you. There's such a respect for you to the players. You've both bought into each other's ideals. Is that something that has to work if you want to be successful as a manager, that the two is come together, players and manager?
1: Yeah, look, you have to... You, you know, you could bring... Mickey Hart, Jim Gavin, the into any club in the in the in the country and if they don't listen to what he has to say or don't buy into what he wants to do, it's not gonna work and vice versa and I think in this day and age, it's a two-way street. You have to work with each other. If you come in with the iron fist and say, this is the way we're going to do it, and you're doing it my way or the highway, it's not going to work, unfortunately. Lads aren't like that anymore. You have to bring everybody along with you. You're better off communicating and saying, this is what we'll do together, than maybe saying, this is what I want you to do. Because, as I said, I would always, after every couple of games, ask for opinions and feedback. And if if they felt that maybe we could have done something differently I'll take it on board and we'll use it and vice versa but um, yeah look at as I said it's it's about working together because at the end of the day if you're not in it together you're not going to be successful and we have a good understanding we know when we need to knuckle down and do the work and we know then when we can let the hair down and relax and have a bit of crack but you know we've got that balance right at the moment let's hope it stays that way.
0: Yeah because you have that kind of one of the lads but you're not so much as one of the lads you know the lads can enjoy if you're out on the night with them have the crack with you but when you're in a training session you are very much the manager the enforcer
1: yeah look it, you have to be and you know as I said you have to, be, that's the way it is, you have to, it's, it's like in a workplace, if you're the boss and you're, you're out in a work do and you have a few drinks with your, with your employees and you have the crack but yeah. when you go into work Monday morning, it's back to the drawing board, it's back to work, everything is, you know, concentrating on the job at hand and as I said, we got the balance right, we understand that, you know, I'm a big believer in letting lads um, let the hair down yeah. occasionally when there's a break in, in games and stuff like that because, you can't expect lads to sit in every weekend. You know, we have five league games now, five yeah. weeks in a row. And, you know, there'll be enough weekends over the summer months when they're sitting in and they can't do anything. So, you know, you have to get the balance right. And the lads realise that. They'll know if they're putting in the work for three or four hard weeks that there'll be a reward at the end of it. And, you know, as I said, it's all about getting the balance right. But when, as a as a manager, it's great because I enjoy the the the, the buzz of them. Yeah. And, you know, and they enjoy the crack... For me at times, you know, as I said, I'm still a young enough manager so I kind of understand half the stuff that's going on.
0: I do like say half the stuff. Though.
1: <laughs> well, most of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mentioned Jim Gavin and um, I kind of see similarities between yourself and Jim. You know, your fantastic record for Mullinak and then he's got a fantastic record with Dublin. A lot of people like to criticise Gavin with the way he does things and that. But, you know, you talk to the media and that's just you. But is that just Jim Gavin, and can people just accept that that's Jim Gavin the way Jim Gavin is?
1: I think that's just his personality. Mm. I think that's just the way he is. He's kind of um, in a cocoon and mm. a wee thing. He doesn't like to to you know overemphasise. He's always about the team, yeah. like you know. And then he's I suppose he's probably Dublin is in the limelight all the time. I'm so sure, he's if
0: he kept on saying me, I or that, people would say it's a Dublin or Gavin. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So he. Um, he look at he's probably trying to protect lads the Dublin are on the spotlight all the time it's very hard you know if he gets one thing wrong he's he's, he's under the microscope straight away but look he seems to handle it well you know he comes across as a nice fella but I'm sure behind closed doors that's a lot different no more than to the most managers you know I say
0: that yourself you know I've, I'm sure that at times you know kind of you've, you've lost maybe with lads or trying to get something out you know you have to have that thing in your brain that you're not making Graham, the, the lad that has the cracker, Mickey Graham the nice guy. You're actually Mickey Graham the manager that wants to try and achieve something.
1: Yeah, well, look, at as I said, there is times when you do have to, you know, just call it as it is and call a spade a spade. I, do
0: you know what, though? I couldn't imagine seeing you ever... Have you ever lost the rag? Oh, I have.
1: I have a few times now. Not often, but, look, at, if I have any issues with anybody, I won't do it in front of um, a group. I'll, I'll do it a day or so after, you know, when the dust has settled and... The phone call will be made and the air will be cleared and then we'll move on. So I think it's it's not fair to single out players individually when there's a bunch there. Um, if you're going to give out, give out to them collectively as a group, you know. And I think that's fair enough because if if there's an issue with a player that and I've I've done it numerous years down through the years. Um. That you know, I'd speak to them on their own when there's nobody about, and sometimes you get a, f- a reason why. I was say they open up more. Time, yeah, they, don't they open they, up yeah. more, and you get the reason why. Maybe he had a poor game, or why he done such and such, or why he didn't attend training, or you know. Usually there is a reason behind it when you dig deeper. So you know, and then when you know that, then you're able to clear the air and move on.
0: I don't want to put any pressure on you, but last two titles have gone to Munayakta. A huge thing this year would be three in a row. But you know yourself, as you said, you know long football so well now. There are teams out there that want to stop that.
1: Yeah, I remember Calvin Gales winning the first championship, and everyone was delighted for them, you know. Yeah. And I think the and then everyone got fed up. <laughs> <laughs> everyone got fed up with them. Everyone wanted to see them bet, you know. And I think that was the case with Molineux yeah. two years ago uh, three years ago. People were delighted to see them get what you know what they deserved, probably, and because they hadn't won it in so long, the neutrals were on their side and everything, and it was great for Longford football. It gave every other small club in Longford belief that they anything's possible. And then to go and do it the second year. Which I believe <coughs> uh, was very hard to do because coming off, I I know from experience with my own club, the second year was always the hardest because you think it's only a matter of going out and doing it all over again, and it doesn't happen yeah. that way. And we got caught. It, it didn't. It didn't. And we got caught numerous times in the second year round, and we nearly got caught Mullanyacht and nearly got caught last year the same way. Only that we had a we but rubber the green, but. Yeah, it's getting tougher and there's no, no denying it. There's a couple of things that come into the equation. Have the players got the still got the hunger for it? Are they still gonna make the sacrifices that they made the last two years? Um, are other teams gonna up their game? You know, are they realised that where knocked at, you know, that they have to start, you know, raising the bar mm. and raising you know, and now, when we were going out in every game, the first year I arrived, we were underdogs nearly in every game. I think in the championship at that first year, we were underdogs, right, yeah. up to the final. And then all of a sudden, that has flipped now. We're going in every game expecting it to win. And so that brings its own pressures. But as I said to you beforehand, and I still believe it, there's seven, eight teams in Longford that can win the championship. And all it takes is one bad day. Two bad days, and you could be gone, and as I said, an injury or two. But you know, as long as we can put 15 on the field, we'll keep battling away and see how it goes. But it's going to be tough, it's going to be very tough. We haven't even mentioned the three in a row, to be honest with you, because we're as far away as ever. You're looking before. at the first game against Clinkish. the first game, the league game, and yeah. we'll build it one by one. And as I said, even last year when we were going through the championship, we never even talked about Leinster because we knew that that was a long way away. And again, this championship this year is going to be a long way away, you know. we're not even talk about it maybe if, it, until you, if you got to a final lucky enough you know
0: but obviously and I, I'd say it really for you that you must think that there is something with those lads those lads also have a tight thing for you because no one had the question is Graham staying with Mullen everyone kind of expected Graham to be staying with Mullen yeah I
1: suppose look at it'd have been <laughs> the easy thing would have been do is to leave after the second year you know but the age profile at the on team the horse. Go out, oh I don't know <laughs> maybe run out run out in a horse, but <laughs> the easy thing would have been to do is to pack up and leave, but um when I first arrived, they always said it'd be two or three years because yeah. I knew they were young, and I said to build them up or whatever, and I thought it would take two to three years to get 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 the whole thing pull it in yeah. pull it together and um I believe the age profiles is is still perfect, you know, yeah. you take Rory McG He's in 35 36 but then shane mulligan's only 32 33 and then the rest are under 30.
0: shane mulligan probably had one of his best years last year playing for for conor McGallagher was the same you know some of the older boys that you wouldn't have expected were the ones that really brought well, knocked it through last year. Yeah,
1: well, fairness to Shane and, and Conor McEliot, they looked, they got themselves into serious mm. shape last year. But Shane would always look after himself. and anyway. yeah. Conor McEliot came back a new man after Christmas, and there he didn't recognise him when he came down to train. Referees didn't
0: recognise <laughs> didn't him. Didn't
1: re- <laughs> recognise him. What he done, the transformation in that twelve months was unbelievable, and he gave us that added dimension yeah. in, in the team. He brought a wee bit of physicality to it, which you need. And as I said, it was probably. Him getting into that shape gave us that extra wee bit uh, wee bit uh, more penetration up front. As I said, Shane looks after himself, looks after the body, he doesn't abuse it. And then after that, you have Doney Gary, Rogers, James, and the boys, 26, 27, 28. And then you have 621. So you actually have a great profile for a team. You look at any successful yeah. team in Intercounty or, or club, it's nearly bunch of young fellas then you have the middle tier and then you'll have the two or three old fellas to keep it all together and you know we're lucky that we have that that blend and 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 you with experience as well
0: you love football anytime i've spoken to you it's always been about football um was it something that you thought after finishing football that you would go into management do you have to have that or do you have to have something there that you want to you know if a young lad said i'm thinking of it or a young lad was lived and breathed football and know, would you encourage them to go into management if you felt it was right for them? Like, What advice would you give? Um, I
1: suppose what got me into it was um, the late JJ Riley, rest in peace. You know, he was the amount of work he'd done for our underage yeah. and he's probably the reason that our seniors went on to the yeah. success. Uh, I remember when I was playing with Cav and at the time the um, Eamon Riley's and the lads, they were under 16 minors and JJ used to ask me to come in and do ball sessions with them you know, because... Uh, he, he was always thinking that he'd learn something new, that I'd bring something from the county training that he wouldn't have seen before. So he got me involved with the with underage teams, and it kind of started from there. Um, I suppose the first, the first management job I went into was Butler's Bridge. I was still playing. They hadn't got a manager and asked me, would I do a few coaching sessions? I ended up staying a year down there. Seems to be a habit, not <laughs> it? It <laughs> does. I ended up staying a year down there and we got won the junior championship that year, funny enough, and then it just took off from there, you know. But it started with the underage, as I say, the spell with county minors as well. And, you know, when, when when you get players listening and willing to work hard, it makes your job an awful lot easier. Now, there is jobs, yeah. you know, you could... Next job you go into, the players mightn't buy into yeah. it and it could be just a disaster, you know. That's the look of the draw. As I said, you either, you either click with a bunch of players or you don't, you know. Sometimes you'll go in, there'll be many jobs in years to come that it mightn't work out in other places and then it mightn't it in mightn- others. So, you know, it's all about getting that bond straight away and getting, getting, starting off on the right note.
0: Right, the best and worst about being a manager.
1: Um, I suppose. We look at we no. Well, look at the best. Being a manager is when you see success and after all the hard work the lads put in. I've seen the work these lads have put, have yeah. put in the last two years. Anything that's ever been asked is done. There's not even one question. You know why are we doing this? What are we getting up at half eight in the morning for the run through a forest or to you know to do this? You know never questioned and never an excuse for not to train. It's usually a genuine excuse if yeah. they can't get the training. And then to see all that hard work pay off with success, it's, it's the look at their faces and look at the, the supporters, you know, that makes it all worthwhile. The worst thing about it is, I suppose you can only play 15 players and there's a lads in the background that just put in as much work as the 15 that started and unfortunately, you can't play everybody. But them lads were the lads that drove the other lads on and, you know, there is days when when... When you get it wrong and you say, if if I had done this, if I had done that, you know, and you get sleepless nights over it. And that's the worst part of it, knowing that you made mistakes and that you have to live by it and, and, and move on. And, you know, there was times last year in the championship, in the first kilo game, I didn't sleep after the kilo game. I didn't sleep for about three nights thinking over what went on here? And it took me about three days and watching videos to get my head around a whole lot and say, right, we need to start from scratch. Do you scratch.
0: overanalyze things?
1: I would. I would when we I reckon
0: that sometimes if someone wants to be a perfectionist, you know, not to be perfect, yeah. to everyone, but wants to do, be so well in their job, that th- they do a- overanalyze things.
1: Yeah, I think every day a game's different, you know. <laughs> Funny enough, when I got over that first game against Killow I couldn't get my head what went wrong, what happened, because we prepared brilliantly yeah. for it. I just couldn't get, and I remember ringing up three or four players saying, give me the answers to this, yeah. and they couldn't give me the answers. So, <laughs> as a, As a just, they started absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, and so fair play to them, they had, they, they had a plan that yeah. day and it worked, you know, they they studied us, we were after getting on top of them for the last four meetings the previous, so, you know, they were after learning from, from those, those experiences and had a plan put in place and, after that as I said I couldn't explain it but when, when the dust settled for a few days after it started to come clear what was after happening and after talking and in fairness it came from the players themselves they started to come up with the answers what went wrong and you know as I said would I analyze it? Not really because every game is different to the other but that game definitely it did because <laughs> I just couldn't get my head around it and I asked numerous people at the match that night I made numerous phone calls what happened there
0: and I you know, that the funny thing about it is no one actually could give you an answer to it it was just one we do it in inverted commas it was one of those games I was going to say to you I know that you've been very lucky in the last year year and a half which with games with defeats but would certain games down to the years even as a, as a player and manager would they not do a defeat or a game
1: the one, th- the defeats that annoy me the most is the ones that we know that w- that I know that we played well enough to win and we didn't do Romans it. Game I'd say yes, yeah. yes, like two years ago. We didn't play as well against, against Lowman's, and we won. And last year, we played well against Lowman's and lost. I thought we, we... Like, I remember looking at me, watch, saying, there's 11 minutes left here. We just managed this game now. See you played
0: probably the best football for 50 minutes.
1: 50 minutes. I remember turning around to, to John, and I just looked at me, watch. I goes, 11. Oh, to do is manage this game now, I says, And then all of a sudden, the ball was given away, and then just, like, the space of 30 seconds. And then we were under the cosh after yeah. that. You know, we were... We were, we were under pressure and, you know, the clock went against us then because when that happened, it took us a while to get our bearings back and then when we did, then it was full time. So, look at that's football and you just move on. And that was a game, as I said, was definitely one of those games that you knew that you played well. And no more than no one's in the Leinster final. Yeah. They must have been, and I'm sure Luke Dempsey had sleepless nights after that. Yeah. like I remember watching it and saying, oh my God, that's probably the best performance they've played yeah. in about two or three years. Yeah. The game was up a minute and a half left. And you know to be taken away from them just like that. But I felt sorry for them because, as I said, it would have been a great reflection on Longford football. But you know, the one thing I've learned out of this is Longford football's on the up and they can compete and they showed it into county level this year. You know, there's n- there's nothing between them and and barred the top two or three teams in the country, I think the rest of them are all on a level par. And I believe that um, Longford, and more than Cavan, are on the up and they're well able to hold their own against anybody.
0: You mentioned John, you're on about John Denning, he's one of the guys that you have brought with you. Is that important for you as a manager, to have guys with you, that your management team is nearly almost as important as the team you put out in the field?
1: Yeah, well look at John, the work John does behind in the background is unbelievable, like you know, from organising training, to organising recovery sessions, to organising video analysis, to stats putting stuff. He is the manager. He is the manager yeah he does like, he, he, like he'd after a game he'd have the stuff up on, on, on the OneDrive for all the lads to look at the stats and they're able to go online and see the whole um, the stats from the game that evening and if a couple of players weren't happy with the game he'll cut out clips and send it to them so they can analyse it as well and you know and then when, when we are doing a video analysis he'll he'll have every angle covered and that as well, you know. I will look over it firsthand and then John will do the rest, but you know, he's just makes my job an awful lot easier and you know, it's a big part of the game now yeah. behind the scenes, you know, and so, I'm I'm sure every club has somebody because like you John. don't
0: have that many maybe you don't need to have the many statisticians and people like that because John does that for you.
1: Yeah, John does all yeah. that for us. Yeah, look and we keep it simple. You know, we don't overanalyze. Sometimes you can, stats, you can get it confused. Yeah. You know, you can give to lads the too much. The biggest stat is the scoreboard. Exactly. You can give lads too much information. Yeah. And even you see at games now where lads are on scoring positions and they mightn't take the score on because... On the Tuesday night when the stats man comes in, he says, you kicked the ball wide or you kicked it away. Yeah. And that, it, that, this, I think that this encourages lads yeah. for taking things on. So we don't concentrate on that whatsoever. We concentrate on the simple things, the breaking ball, you know, maybe um, scoring opportunities created and scoring opportunities we didn't take more so than the, the, the balls we given away, you know, because as I say, I always encourage lads to try it you know what I mean because if you don't try it in in games it's never going to happen you know and I think that's why we got us out of jail a couple of times last year was trying the impossible and it actually came off so yeah sometimes you can give lads too much information and you know I'm a big believer too that not to show too much negative stuff either because the positive stuff is is, you know you're only learning from the stuff you do well if I was going to show negative stuff it'd be something that we we can do better but as a team we definitely wouldn't be individually highlighted anyway you know
0: Right, mm-hmm. the GA has changed. It's now a free-for-all and buy-and-sell. John Keegan has become the Roman and Abramovich of Longford football. You could bring in two players in the transfer market. Don't have to be actually playing at the moment, but we'll just do this club-wise first. Then we'll give you a county one. Who would you like to? I know you wouldn't want to. You've got great lads there at Mulling but
1: just if you had to. Uh, from from inside Longford or anywhere? Anywhere. Um, <laughs> it's that's a tough one actually because um, I suppose I'd bring in. Jeez, <laughs> you caught me there. Nicky <laughs> Graham
0: speech <laughs> coffer words. There. Um, headline.
1: I'm just trying to think of some 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 young players there. But
0: even not a young player, I I I'm wondering uh, not put words in the term, but if you had a Paul Barden at his prime.
1: Oh yeah, there's. Look at Paul Barn Even nowadays, it would now and in, in, at his at his stage of his career, would would do a job. Yeah, definitely. Look at Paul. Would definitely be would definitely be one. Like, you know, he's still a lot to mm. offer and, you know, he's been the stalwart of Clongish for so long. I what, suppose... What, the brothers are a cousin I was going to say, game. yeah, <laughs> I was going to say the brother Paul probably as well, you know, um, he's very mobile. He's a young lad, lots of football in him. Probably talented Graham brother? Yeah, he's probably, yeah. Well, the younger fella would probably tell you different. He'd tell you he was the talent one. But, yeah, look at... he He's the potential to play into county football if he really wants to as well, you know. But um, I think he'd fit in all right over there with them lads too. He likes to bit of a wild fella, you know.
0: God have one Right, Matty. You're working alongside Matty with the Cavan team. And um, same thing. You're allowed to bring in anyone that could maybe change things around for Cavan.
1: Uh, Ray and Brady and Doney McElliott.
0: Did they <laughs> give, tell you that? They mentioned us at all. But I have to say, you did mention Dhoni, and I don't want to single out anyone, but when you go to a lot of games like myself and you yourself do... There is very few players in Ireland that will have the commitment, the talent, just the all-round that Donny McGallaghan does have.
1: Yeah, look, Donny's one of these players that just plays consistently well all the time. He does nothing flash, but he yep. just plays so well every game, you know. And mightn't stand out at times, but if you look for you know, what did he do? You'd say, Yes, he he done so well, you know. He's one of these boys that makes very little mistakes, mm. uses the ball intelligently, um, is a great leader and goes about his business without a fuss, you know. And if you've a t- couple of if you had a couple of Donny McGelliots yeah. on your team, you'd be going a long way, you know. He's 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 an exceptional fella and, you know, as I said, even there, looking to get back training on Tuesday night looking, what are we doing? And you have to basically you say, No, you've done your part on Sunday rest up, you know, get the body right, you know, but um yeah exceptional and right, and a good choice for Longford captain as well I was
0: going to say that and Rian it's fantastic we've all known what the talent Rian has I saw him with Canuckwerra um, when he was playing schools football he was always that nifty little forward that defenders hated and we saw on Sunday how Fermanagh really man marked him he is going to be his height doesn't stop him
1: no, no, look at, um, another fellow with a great attitude, want, li- willing to learn all the time, is only going to get stronger, mm. is only going to get better, um, is, is always willing to learn, will always take advice on board and, you know, as I said, I think he's developing his game an awful lot since I arrived to see him now, I can see differences to his game, he's bringing a second, different dimension to his game, you know, I mean, a lot of people would have thought he was very one-dimensional, he'd always go, mm. but now he's laying off boards, I think he's set up a couple of goals this year for Longford, so he's brought that to his game now, them a lot harder to mark. So, and uh, funny enough, I put Jason and Matthews in with the same same as him you know. And yeah. um, Jason is, is improving all the time. Yeah. Like another lad is getting stronger. So, Mullanyach is just lucky to have two players of that quality. That at, at, at that quality within the club, you know, and lads that are going to be around for years to come.
0: Right. This feels like mastermind in a different way. I'm gonna, Mickey ma- make, make Graham. I'm going to ask you the tough questions. Scenario. And we are just having a chat with myself and, and Tom beforehand. We are just talking about been a manager in different uh, scenarios that you've been in. You have a guy, crap attitude, training, you know, everything about him, just food, healthy, everything, but has got the talent. I know we don't have that oom- problem with Mullinyakta. I don't know if you had the problem down to the ears. How do you go about trying to, to change that?
1: Well, you either you either go along and let him do his thing, or you just cut him loose. Mm. You know, and you know if you have a panel of players big enough to compensate for that, mm. you'd cut him loose. If not, you have to come walk away around it. Simple as you know. If he has the talent, but he's not putting in the work, you know, and um, and you don't have the cover for that, it's it's a hard call. It all it also depends on what the players think of him. The players. If the players know his attitude stinks, but they know he brings something to the table, then you can hold on to him.
0: Or maybe find out why his
1: attitude stinks. Yeah, sticks. yeah, that's the other thing. And if it's a thing that the players don't like him and the attitude stinks and you cut him loose, then that's fine because they'll see it's done for the right reasons. But if you cut him loose and they know that he brings something to the table, you know, a lot of nine, t- nine out of ten players will put up with that. You know, but again, y- you have to have a certain amount of 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 you know, understanding with each other too what you need and what's required. It's, it's a tough one, you know, it's a tough one. As I said, different clubs are, are, <clears throat> are different because yeah. of the numbers they have. Other clubs haven't that luxury. So, you know, it's... Um, luckily enough, it doesn't have much of that now yeah. in my career, so...
0: Aren't you very lucky with the players that you have? Another thing, and especially underage level, and I've noticed this, um, there's a clash Saturday. Little Jimmy has a rugby match, but there's also an important fail a fine or something like that or they can't make training during the week because of rugby or or soccer or that how do you go around that i i found recently myself with things that a lot of the time the gea kind of pull back and say okay we'll change a match for your rugby or your soccer but would they those organizations do it for the GA, or how would you work around that then if your player was in that position
1: funny enough <laughs> I was just having this conversation the other day A young lad plays under 17 football and the under 17 football is finished now and they have nothing till August and the under 17 league ran in correspondent with the soccer leagues which is coming to an end now in the next week or two and then your rugby's coming to the end in the next week or two. So you had an under-17 league in the middle, uh, coming at the end of the rugby and soccer season. And they have no minor in cabin, and they have, have no
0: minor in so long Longford kept the juvenile
1: in the yeah, minor in 17, yeah. my argument is, why didn't they wait to play this under-17 league now in the month of April and May, when there was no soccer, yeah. no rugby, and you had everybody? Yeah. So, you know, I think the, the GA need to be very careful. Yeah. They need to think because they're losing lots of players. And I go the underage matches in Cavan. and I've looked at huge clubs with, 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 with big populations and seeing that there are only 17, 18 players talking out for them, it's scary. And with all the clubs that are in Cav and I in 10 years' time, there'll definitely be six, seven clubs gone. There's not, it's not going to keep going the way it is because we're hemorrhaging too many players to soccer, rugby, and just lads losing interest
0: that under 17 league I remember going to a county board meeting about if we were going to keep it in Longford or not but the under 20 changed the under 21 championship and they're gonna have it in the middle of the leaving cert where a lot of your lads I know lads that had to forfeit playing for the county because and you know something could happen next year that they wouldn't get the chance because of the leaving cert because the GA decided to change I miss the Wednesday nights where you used to freeze your backside off and cashel or mullingar or whatever an under 21 championship match
1: yeah it's a strange one it's a strange one i don't have the answers for you and that's being honest as i said i just know by You're Look, just th-
0: good at management that's no
1: I, I look i wouldn't even say that but yeah definitely the ga is is they're at a crossroads as regards they need to be very careful you look at the uh, rugby and the whole fanfare behind the six nations And every young fella, you know, was talking about, you know, Johnny Sexton and Henshaw and all these boys. And it's getting huge, you know. And and players nowadays... You know, have so much going on in their lives, as you say, study. Um, you know, there's a lot more pressure on lads doing their leaving starts now because they're all looking to get into jobs. It's not like years ago we had lads doing apprenticeships, electricians, and all that. They're all looking for these jobs that they're going to be guaranteed in years to come. And I just feel that um, the GEA need to get their eyes open very quickly because. Before, they know what, it, it could be all too late and we could have lost a lot of clubs and a lot of players away to other sports. And as I said, where every other sport seems to be growing, we seem to be declining. So and maybe the stats tell me different. I don't know what I'm just talking about locally in, yeah, in cabin.
0: But you, you, you have a good point because I was actually going to ask you about, you know, the comments about Neil Francis and other commentators meant about the rugby being the people's sport now and how about doing that? Because soccer, because there's no World Cup this year, it's very hard to kind of get on a a bandwagon. And Ireland, we do like getting on a bandwagon, but having the success of the Six Nations, having it out there, as you said, even the way they won it this year with with Sexton's drop goal in the first game against France, you also have provinces out in European action this weekend. If they do well, it's going to have the rugby again in the spotlight. And the comment that he did make about being the people's game, we mightn't agree with it at GEA people, but it is be- it's out there now.
1: Oh, it's out there now and it's only going to get bigger, mm. you know. Um, and I suppose for any young lad um, to make a Connacht, Ulster, Leinster, Munster squad, it's realistic. Mm. It's not like the soccer where lads have aspirations of playing over in England. That's a very small yeah, percentage.
0: Because d- you don't have enough odds to the no. New Ireland. You don't have your dreams of wanting to play for Longford Town or Sharmick Exactly, exactly, or
1: yeah. exactly. But the more, there's more realistic target of making these yeah. provinces or the academies to go down that line. And as I said, you know, players nowadays, you know, if they're not enjoying their Gaelic football, they're gone. And I, I just, you know, I don't know whether it's it's... I do, I just advertisement or the way the GEA are, are pushing toor- what they're pushing towards but um, it's scary uh, as I said and a lot of clubs that I've talked to are are, 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 are really fearing for the future in, in years to come and there's, I think there's 42 clubs could be wrong 39 to 42 clubs in Cavan I couldn't see that it's going to be all you even look at the minors this year the under 17s this year Division 1 bar 2 teams is all amalgamations Division 2 is all amalgamated it's happening in Longford so it's it's already started, the hemorrhaging of players has started and it's only going to, I, I can see in another two years it'll be all underage um, amalgamations by the looks and things.
0: Because while we have our Dublins and our hurling and fantastic matches, we have to be realistic and think of, because this is clubs do themselves as the future and your future is underage and we have to be putting the structures in basically at underage for the future.
1: Yeah, you do. And I suppose the other problem is years ago, you know don't get me wrong years ago lifestyle and work and everything else wasn't as strenuous or stressful yeah. as it is now and lots, lots of people could give up their time to look after underage and you know you always got good men to yeah. come in and do it and now maybe clubs just don't have them people to help out of the coaching now and maybe it's some fella's father that's doing the coaching just to get them out of a spot and not be you know no, no offence to him but he probably doesn't know an awful lot about coaching yeah. and he's doing his best but maybe these players just are not been coached properly now it, in, within clubs, because the lad people can 't commit yeah. to it, they just don 't have the time because their jobs is twenty four seven and it's stressful, and you know they have all young families now, and it 's a rat race out there you know and, and, and that's the other part of it as well They're just whereas the rugby things seem to be more structured and more professional like you know
0: you mean the word structured is so, so important there so now you're in a advisory role uh-huh. um, young lad starting off as a manager it doesn 't have to be a young could be an old guy, but new to it all, what advice?
1: Um, oh, oh, as, a, as a manager, you'll never stop learning. Always be willing to learn. You know, you could go to an underage match and see something that you've never seen before, mm-hmm. whether it be a drill or a move or something like that, and always be open to taking advice mm-hmm. and, and listening to others because it's the one thing about management, and I watched the documentary about Mickey Hart there. They're saying how he kept going on. How does he keep going on? And he's saying he, he keeps evolving. He keeps learning, you know, so, and that's one we're of the We're never top, too old. never too early. old. The top, one of the top managers ever. GEA so that's the advice and look at unfortunately in management you'll have more bad days than you'll have good and you just have it's to learning from them, I suppose. It, exactly and you know when the good days come enjoy them because there'll be more bad days than good so look at as I said it's not for everybody you have to have your heart has to be in it and you have to have an interest in it and as I said always willing to learn and, and, and give up a lot of time for it You
0: mentioned Mickey Hart is he one of those managers that inspires you you know if you had to pick out doesn't have to be one manager but is there a few managers there that you've played with some good managers yourself or is there a couple of managers there that you look towards
1: yeah mickey harr would definitely be one for a man to keep going after all he's gone through you know you know between personal and everything else but to be able to come back and rebuild teams after after years and years at it
0: people think he should go but the players want him
1: yeah yeah. Ones. the players, yeah, because they know it's been done yeah. properly, and you know, in fairness to him, he's changed, he's changed the whole. New, he brought in three or four different teams in his time, and they've won lots of championships, and they've got to all out in the semi-finals, yeah. and you know, they got criticised last year for their for their game plan, and this year he's come back and he's changed it a wee yeah. bit. They're more attack-minded. He brought Stephen O'Neill in, so you know, you just look at him and you say he's never staying still. He's always looking, as I said, to evolve, and yeah. you'd have to admire him. And then I suppose. Uh, Jim Gavin is another one and um, people would say he has the players at his disposal but the way he manages them too you know um, no players too big for, for the jersey and I think that's the secret to Dublin's success that you know people You're are not saying guaranteed, they're not guaranteed and it doesn't matter who, what your name is there's younger lads there just as good as you
0: we're not going to say it. it's, it's, it's Moolignac but mm. I'm sure you've probably had teams actually last year, last year. you could say it yeah. um, started slow to a game um, you talked to them at half time. How did you manage to kind of get through their heads? You know, did you shout at them, or did you think that maybe talking to them rationally might be better? How did you get over that that slow start?
1: You see, you always go out to hit the ground running, and you know, you can only control your own actions. You can't control the opposition. So, you know, the opposition might have a different plans for you. And you know, sometimes you go into a game, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a position you're five, six points down. The only thing I we would always say, what I'd always say is that there's still another forty-five minutes to turn that around. You know, it's the game is not, yeah, the game is never lost. And as I said, we were in a position last year half time we were 6 points points down and you know the easy thing would have been going in and fucking blind, and you know yeah. use it look for excuses instead we look for answers and we talked about you know look at we've 30 minutes to do to do something here you know the game is not over until it's over mm. keep at it keep the heads up the one thing that I always would say when the players know they have the work done they know they can play it for the 70 minutes and that is the key. If if you are over a team and you know in your heart and soul and they know in their heart and soul that they haven't put in the hard work and that the cracks are starting to appear now, it's not going to happen. But when they know that they have, they'll give it everything they have because they know that the work is done and they're going to just keep fighting to the end. And As I said, it's a long game. you see it there in matches. The Hurling last week was a perfect example. Dublin went the 8-1 up against Tipperary yeah. after 15 minutes, What I said Tipperary still win yeah. the game because there was lots of time to come back and, and that's the key, not to panic, keep plugging away because in every sport every team gets purple patches yeah. and a team could get that purple patch in the first 15 minutes, you could get that purple patch in the first 15 minutes and you think this is great and all of a sudden it can go against you, so it's all about making the most of it when you get that. And, and not not to throw in the towel because you know the first i'd rather get me me bad spell in the first 15 minutes yeah. than the last so you 15. Recover. You yeah to rec- recover yeah
0: right a manager um over the years you've, you've as you said yourself you're you're learning all the time drill drill-wise is, um how about you going training? is there a drill that you, you know you've always kind of brought with you with with certain teams I've done a foundation course, so I'm actually looking for tips as well (laughs) on on this. So um, what drills or what would you think is important, you know, when you're doing the training? Because at the end of the day, the training is the preparation.
1: Yeah, well, the lads, I'm sure, will tell you the little squares and tackling drills where we take lumps out of each other. And we don't blow the whistle for any freeze. And if they they open them out, then we go on for another two minutes. So... I suppose, you know, them little small things, but also discipline uh, discipline as well, you know, that's, that's a huge thing. We do a lot of tackling drills, but discipline as well, that, you know, that not only are they taking lumps out of it, but they're doing it within the rules, that they're not um, giving away a silly freeze, and it's something that, that as I... You
0: said, not opening their mouth, open because them that's
1: out. the big thing, yeah. That's the big thing, yeah, but um, lots of shooting shooting at the end of the day you can have the best defensive systems all you want but you have ball to put the ball the over the bar and you know it's the old cliche you know scores win games and goals win games and you know you can't do enough of it because you can get lads into shape and get them big strong but mm. you have to be able to put the ball over the bar and that's what it comes down to and where we are in to we are lucky that we have forwards and midfielders and few defenders too they to know where the posts are you know
0: Right, four things in the news this week we're going to mention it basically all GA because I was trying to think of stories of soccer. And we could have fair play to Scott Brown handing his money over for his testimonial to Leah Miller. People are giving out about Ireland going over to play a test a testimonial. We could talk about, you know, hopefully success for the Irish teams in the Heineken or the European, European Cup this Cup. weekend. But we'll talk about the GA because there's a lot a few things that have happened this week. The Division Four, the cancelling of those games and not allowing those teams to play um, you know, and, and actually, the counties want to play those games. Do you think the GA handle it badly?
1: I think so. Yeah, they should be dis- disrespectful mm. to them teams. You know, even if there's not th- at stake, they should see it out. You know what I mean? Like if both counties, if all the counties mm. agreed to do it, yeah. so why not? You know what I mean? It's um, I don't know what the reason is behind it. You know, they should have just let them play away. Um, the way they're looking at it is, it's probably the last competitive game before they play in the championship. So you know, it's better than looking for a challenge match in a week or two's time. So. Yeah, definitely handled it badly and I don't know what was the reason why, you know. I don't think it's been explained too much. Yeah,
0: because you could play, I think, was it Wicklow and Carlo said they'd play in Abbottstown or, you know, they don't mind playing games. Speaking of Division 4 and Carlo, you know, for for people that you're with the underdog, I'm from the underdog county. They got promoted in the football, then the hurlers got promoted. You know, it just shows you what a small county can achieve, you know, everyone everyone is working together down there in Carlo. And I think the IT as well has been a huge help.
1: Yeah, but again, it comes down to the structures. The structures are put in place. They have a new manager there. They brought Steve Poacher down from, from down there to train the team. I was at the, the championship final last year. But Arrow was playing in it. I was down at that final because we were playing them the following week. So and there was a big crowd at it, and I was actually surprised how good the football was. You know, it was it was it was very physical, but you could see that the clubs had learned from the senior team that they were basically set up the same way as their senior team was, and so they have all the clubs buying into this system. And then when them lads transfer on to the senior team the county senior team you know it comes second nature to them and look at they've they've a group of players that are buying into what the management team want them to do and they're committed and now they're seeing a bit of success and they want more and fair play to them they're going to be playing division 3 football next year and you know they'll be they'll be they'll be a tough nut to crack for anyone next year
0: yeah they won't be the whipping boys anymore and kind of feel like I'm staying in division 4 derry people say that you know no team sh- you know team's too good to be relegated but Longford have done in a few years. Um, Westmead have done the whole, you know, relegate from Division One down to Four. It's happened, Derry, two thousand and fourteen. Longford beat them in a qualifier. They'd just been beaten in a Division One final by Dublin. They were like the second best team at the moment. And and then look at how things just to just show you how football. I think the Neil lads been away as well, didn't help because imagine if Longford were without the Mullanakal lads, how mm. much it would. But it it shows you that. No team is immune from relegation or from slipping.
1: No, there's something something seriously wrong up there because uh, Derry club football is the most competitive football in Ulster. It's it's fierce competitive, and the
0: Gales
1: played Slane last year. Yeah, and even Neal there would have had tough games Ooh. within Derry. But any team to come out of Derry in the Ulster club championship nearly get to a final, yeah. or like the Ballinderry's, the Lavies, they've all went on went on to win all Ireland clubs. So. The footballers are there, but they'll tell you up in Derry that um, club football comes first, <laughs> and yeah, so perfect. there's so there's issues up there whether it's the county board or whether it's the structures in place with coaching and the things or what's wrong. But they don't seem to be pulling in the one direction up there, which is a pity because. I know when when I was playing, Derry were the team that you yeah. always feared playing because they had so many good players, and especially in the league football, they were sure they were Divi- winning Division One yeah. titles for numerous years. They were always known as a great league yeah. football team, and to see them go on just free fall into Division Four, um, I'd say it's 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 you know it's a lump in the throat for a lot of Diehard Ga vans in yeah. Derry, and I'm, I'm sure they're looking for answers on why this is happening, you know. And I have no doubt Derry could come to Brefney Park to play oh Cavan in May and, and raise the game and beat them, you know, because it's in them, mm. you know, they just don't become a bad team overnight. overnight. Slotnil have a l- numerous great players. They have five or six players to come into that team and they definitely get another eight or nine players to make up a good 15.
0: Because they came so close actually against Fermanagh in the league of actually beating them. I know they were poor against Longford, mm-hmm. but they came so close actually getting a result against Fermanagh. So, Mystic Mickey. The weekend we have division four three two and one i know you're hoping for a, a result a cabin win in division two how do you think those finals are going to go i think a lot of people are thinking could it be galway's time now to actually stop the dub machine you know we stopped last weekend can they actually claim a title?
1: I don't think so. I think the best the worst thing that could happen Galway, was Dublin getting beat last week. I think, you know, it was nearly like Jim Gavin had it set up to get, you know, bring these boys back down there to you know, give them a wake up call. The lads that got their game time to show them, you know, you got your chance. Um also the game in, in, in Salt Hill was a fiery encounter. Galway came out with a plan to, you know, unsettle Dublin. Yeah. And I know that Dublin would have been seeding over that. And I guarantee you're going to see a different Dublin team. And I, I can see Dublin winning by five or six points. Galway will not beat them. I, I'll I'll be surprised if they do, but no, it's nothing but a Dublin win. Now. So
0: it's the worst preparation for Galway has been the last few games for Dublin, isn't it?
1: Yes, it has. A draw and a defeat, you know, and that'll not sit pretty with them because they're perfectionists and they want to keep winning. And you know, but um, as I said, it, that brought them back down the earth last week, the Monaghan defeat, and got them refocused. Mm. And they'll be biting at the bit for this Sunday in Crow Park in front of a home crowd. Um, Galway are going to have the work cut out.
0: So, we're going for a blue Sunday, are we? Yeah. Are you going going Sunday?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, And Division 2, it's going to be tough. Mm. It's going to go to the wire. I think it's a bonus, though, Friday Club. It it is, yeah, but Calvin Calvin needs silverware, you know. I was just talking to Kiyamaki, you know, the weekend there, and he hasn't had tasted any success with Calvin, you know, hasn't won anything with
0: Can you look at the division 3's and 4's the longford have
1: won Yeah, yeah no and one. he hasn't won anything like you know no McKenna Cups no Ulster Championships no Ulster under 21 no minor it'd be nice for the likes of him and yeah. Johnston and that that have nothing mm. to show for all their years uh, commitment to the Jersey. I'd be delighted to see them lads finally getting their hands on on some silverware um, I think that might drive them on the hunger that they haven't got anything mm. it might show a bit more hunger than Roscommon who have a Connacht title in yeah. their bag and a division 3 and division 2 so um, I just think this could be Cavan's torn. I think you know they've suffered defeat to them the last five, six times They've only beaten them once And I think it was a dead rubber game So I think Cavan would just have the momentum and the hunger now And I think that we could just snatch this one on on on, on Sunday I'm very, fairly confident we will
0: Everyone has talked about it And I don't think many are going to tune in for the second game on Saturday you could just imagine it, a blanket defence, more like an electric blanket, the Fermanagh-Armagh game.
1: Yeah, look, at the only thing is it's Crow Park, big open spaces. You know, um, Armagh have got a wee bit more attack-minded, yeah. in fairness to them. I think they realise that they needed to transform yeah. their game. Fermanagh will go, as we know, Fermanagh with their management, how they'll set up. The one thing about this final is it's for Man and Armagh. It's an Ulster match, and it doesn't matter if it's a challenge yeah. match or an Ulster championship match or a league match. There's very little between Ulster teams. No matter, form goes out the window when Ulster teams meet. Um, I think I think Armagh will win the game. Yeah. I think um, it'll be tight, but I think they might just squeeze in a low-scoring game, maybe. 11 points to 10 or something like that a goal for whoever gets the goal will probably yeah. win it <laughs> so you know so if they get a goal in the first minute you know who's going well, to win it at
0: least we won't have a scoreless draw well hopefully not um, I think Carlo getting promoted was their main thing they're mm. playing their local rivals I think sorry Leash 31 counties will be will be supporting Carlo you have
1: to go for Leeds, but it would be Carlo well, funny enough I would, I, I would say Carlo I think momentum's with them you mm-hmm. know I think they've they had a great championship run last year and they've shown that confidence has come true in, in the league you know they've shown in the league that you know they've built on from that momentum seems to be with them they have the first chance to get a bit of silverware in a long long time and I think they might just want it more and I think they'll be chomping at the bit and I f- funny enough I think they'll win that game I, I, I really fancy them so if they lose it I don't think it'll be enough mm-hmm. A lot in it, so that's that's my predictions. They could all go against like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't be putting any money on any, and looking uh, uh, for uh, uh, looking for a refund.
0: Kevin, a man, <laughs> mentioning money, uh, I don't think so. Mickey Graham, I've had an absolutely brilliant time chatting to you. I'd like to thank the med of you in here in Cavan for allowing us to do the interview. And um, they're looking forward to I was talking to Declan you earlier on. He's looking forward to going Sunday to support Cavan in the Division Two final. Um, it was a fantastic chat. We, I think we covered about everything. I'm, you know, I'm sure the stuff left in it for your autobiography. We'd like to thank Mickey for joining us on this uh, episode of GA Old School and stay tuned where we'll let you know who we'll have on our next episode.